0: You're on right now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo Five O Radio Network and streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Or shoot me an email at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. I've got a voicemail line set up where you can leave your questions or comments that we can use on the broadcast. That's 772 245 0750. That's 772 245 0750. And we truly are living in the world that George Orwell described in his two seminal works, Animal Farm and 1984. In Animal Farm, he described very accurately uh, how the social classes would set up to suppress dissent and punish people who uh, engaged in prohibited thoughts. And then in 1984, he really accurately described uh the surveillance state that we're living in now he he uh predicted it would happen a little bit earlier although you got to give him credit 1984 was sort of the advent of the technology revolution that uh we ultimately find ourselves uh in now uh and it's just the only thing that he really missed is he thought that the government was going to be uh, the the ones that um, were spying on us all the time. Well, you know, really, he's right about that, too, uh, because the government is collecting all of our emails and phone calls and text messages and storing them for future use. But what George Orwell failed to see was that uh, corporate, the rise of the huge multinational uh uh technology companies would really be at the forefront of watching us and uh spying on us all the time they they literally are at this point where you're you're walking around all the time with a uh, a microphone that allows them to monitor your conversations 24/7 And people have become so numb to this that they hear the news that, in fact, Amazon and Google and Facebook are listening into their private conversations, their private intimate conversations and activities. And it's not even prompting um, the outrage that you think it would. And it's come to light now that um, Google – the largest company in the world, maybe the largest largest company in the history of the world, has uh, assisted the Chinese communist dictatorship to develop this social credit score system. This uh, scoring system was first rolled out in uh, 2014. And by 2020, next year, It's supposed to be monitoring and rating all of China's 1 billion citizens based on their behaviors and their associations and whether or not they strictly adhere to the Communist Party line and don't engage in any dissent. Already 9 million people have scores so low that they're blocked from buying Tickets on trains or airplanes so that they can travel. And uh, Google has facilitated this. This is the same Google that is working with uh, Chinese companies on uh, technology that has military applications. And when you're dealing with uh, big companies in China, you're dealing with the Chinese Communist Party. But that same Google refuses to work with the U.S. military because uh, their employees, their far-left workforce, thinks that America is uniquely evil. But now Facebook is using many of these same technologies that were developed in China to uh, start Applying social scores to Americans, and especially those people that are on Facebook, but not limited to those people that are on Facebook, oddly enough. If you step out of line, if you engage in dissonant activities, you can um, be frozen out of, of um, financial institutions. You can ask Laura Lomer. She had a, a, a social score that led Chase Bank to cut her off from her accounts. Now, she broke no laws. Chase Bank wasn't required to engage in any, any sort of uh, due process. They were just able to decide that she was socially undesirable and freeze her out, and that sort of model – is spreading right here in the United States to include not only financial institutions, but insurance. And even whether or not you can frequent uh, bars and restaurants. And it's only going to grow. So I've got kind of a long clip here. Uh, This is a a piece from uh, Asia Today. It's an English language broadcast covering... Developments uh, in uh, in South in Asia, and they're talking about the development of this social credit score system in China.
1: The social credit rating system began testing five years ago in approximately thirty Chinese cities. It will be rolled out across the entire country by 2020. Good citizens will benefit from discounts on their bills and will be able to get bank loans more easily. Bad citizens will be banned from buying train or plane tickets. For the Communist Party, this system is a way to punish and exclude those they judge to be disturbing the harmony of Chinese society. By using the mechanism of social credit, we'll be able to establish a blacklist of people and create a system of punishments that will be based on a scientific theory. These punishments will serve as a whip to rebuild moral values. Our society needs it. Located halfway between Beijing and Shanghai, Rongchang was one of the first cities to implement social credit in 2013. In the streets, portraits of its best citizens are displayed on posters, like this soldier who saved two people from drowning. This system of social credit influences us and it also encourages us to not engage in bad behaviour. For example, when we drive, we let pedestrians cross. And when we queue to get on the bus, we don't jump the queue.
0: It seems those who have good marks get discounts on their bills.
1: In this building, the officials of Rongchang assign a rating to its inhabitants. We were able to sneak inside and film discreetly for a few minutes. Here, the agents collect data provided by the police, courts, and tax office. Each resident is then given a rating from the letter D for not so good citizens to triple A for the best. This also applies to companies. This woman has just obtained the maximum score for her
2: architecture firm.
0: So you make 11?
2: These are my company records. When I need to respond to calls for tenders, it proves that my company is well rated. The higher the A rating is, the more reliable the company. It's a score obtained by all means. The company must not have conducted illegal actions and pay taxes accordingly.
1: Reward good citizens and punish bad people. Human rights activist Hu Jia is already blacklisted. Deprived of his passport for 10 years, his movements are limited. He says the social credit system will allow authorities to more easily punish those who do not pledge allegiance to the party. In China, the people who will lose the most credit are those who do not agree with the Communist Party. We can't criticize society or the current system, nor should we say bad things about the highest levels of power and the leader. In fact, this social harmony desired by the party is said to maintain the stability of society, but it only serves to guarantee the monopoly of its power china 's population already scrutinized by the country 's 117 million surveillance cameras, the social credit system only signals a further decline in freedom.
0: here 's the thing uh, the Chinese population has been, been so inured uh, of this and been subject to this kind of surveillance for so long that a majority of their citizens actually support This social credit scoring system, and it's not too far a stretch to see that uh, the the same would happen in the United States and other Western democracies who have become numb to the fact that they're being surveilled by their government and and these big multinational globalist corporations 24-7. And you'd better believe uh, that this level of power put into the hands of politicians will be abused. You talk about absolute power. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. This is absolute power. And the fact that an American company, Google, who's got so many problems, they are in fact... Programming each and every one of us with their uh, search engine. Blacklisting disapproved content so that you can't find it and presenting uh, people with, you know, uh, content that they have signed off on. The fact that uh, Google is doing this should uh, an American company based in in California should send chills up the spine of each and every person. Here's Eric Schmidt uh, being interviewed not that long ago uh, when asked about the surveillance state that Google was helping put together.
3: If you have something that you don't want anyone to know, maybe you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. If you have something that you don't want anyone to know, maybe you shouldn't be doing it in the first place.
4: Hmm.
0: Eric Schmidt says if you've got something you don't want anybody to know, then you just better not be doing that. We've got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what Google's up to. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Motio. Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately?
5: Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling. The complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day. And for as little as one ninety-nine a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathroom. If you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 800-693-3152. 800-693-3152. That's 800-693-3152.
0: I have to do a lot of Internet searches uh, preparing for this broadcast. And I have, over the last, oh, eight months, noticed uh, that when I use Google, you do not get opinions uh, or news coverage from the conservative side of the political spectrum. You'll get page after page of approved content that Google has curated for you. You can even put in a topic uh, such as social credit score and put Breitbart there to see what Breitbart has had to say about that. And bright the Breitbart coverage of any particular topic will not be among the first uh, results that you're presented. As a matter of fact, uh, Breitbart has been so blacklisted that you'll have to go pages and pages deep to find out what a conservative outlet has to say on a particular topic. And that they, Breitbart is a particular case because Breitbart is really um, one of the sole alternatives to breaking news from a conservative uh, perspective, you know, from the right side of the political spectrum. And they have, they view it as a threat, and they're absolutely freezing it out. And so what they're trying to do ultimately is to have one official answer for any particular search so that you receive, when you conduct a search, the official party line, if you will, from Google. And if you think I'm joking, here is Eric Schmidt again talking about what is their ultimate objective when they um, uh, when they get their search engine perfected.
5: And, and um, one of my questions leading to is help us understand where's the future of search going. Well,
3: when, when you use Google, um, do you get more than one answer? Of course you do. Yeah, of course. Well, that's a bug.
5: Yeah.
3: We, we have more bugs per second in, in the world. No, because are... we, we, we should be able to give you the right answer just once we should know what you meant you should look for information we should give it
0: exactly right and we should give it to you in your language and we should, and we should never be wrong now how would google possibly know exactly what answer you wanted on any particular topic if they did not know what they wanted you to find that is a way for them to actually program everybody using their Products and we're we're being programmed right now. I think uh, there was a a, an expert in behavioral psychology that uh, appeared on Tucker Carlson's show that said Google, uh, through their search and algorithm manipulations, is actually swaying, literally millions of votes in our presidential elections. Recently, a Google programmer blew the whistle on what's going on at that company and uh and turned over to project veritas uh, thousands of documents of these blacklists and algorithm manipulation showing exactly how google's going about this and he sat down with james o'keefe and james o'keefe had this to say about it
5: other internal documents expose google's hopes for ml fairness Training data are collected and classified. Algorithms are programmed. Media are filtered, ranked, aggregated, and generated. People, like us, are programmed. Sounds like social engineering, not search querying.
0: Social engineering is a term that you've been hearing a lot from the left. I remember during the Trayvon Martin trials... Uh, they had one of trayvon martin 's legal team on uh and the interviewer asked her um you know if she thought that it was a loss because uh George Zimmerman had been found innocent uh due to self defense and she said, "Well, not at all, because what we 're really engaged here in is not just." Due process, but in fact, social engineering. They're trying to uh, shape people's view of the world to fit their, uh, their agenda. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at this, uh, this primary challenge against Donald Trump by Joe Waltz. Stick with us. We'll be right back. It's Mojo Go.
5: Attention, those of you looking to go on a fun vacation and see the world on the cheap. Today, the U.S. dollar is worth even more in other countries, so there's never been a better time to travel outside the USA. The dollar is worth over $1.30 in Canadian dollars, and it's the same for Australia. You can fly there today and have fun and maximize your travel dollar. Your U.S. dollar is worth over $3 in Brazilian reals, and it's worth over $18 in Mexican pesos. Plus, in Argentina, it's worth over $27 in Argentine pesos. Just think of the bargains you'll get. And the way you get the cheapest airfare to any destination is by calling Tickets That Cheap. Save up to 75% on your foreign vacation tickets. Don't wait. Call now. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. That's 800-932-1596.
0: So this former congressman from Illinois, he served one term in Congress, Joe Walsh has announced that he's going to uh, run in the primaries, Republican primaries against Donald Trump. Now, uh, Donald Trump, I mean, uh, pardon me, <laughs> I pulled to Joe Biden there. Uh Joe Walsh is about as disreputable figure as uh, you could have. He is a lunatic. Um, who can't control uh, his his mouth? He uh, he uses the N word uh, quite a bit, uh, and normally the left, it, by which I mean the left wing media, would uh, would never give this guy a a platform. But now that he's come out against Trump and said that he's going to primary him, he is the toast of the town. On these uh, left wing media shows, even George Stepanopoulos, the foreign, former Clinton communications director and campaign spokesman, had Joe Walsh on his uh, this week Sunday show and gave him a platform to to bash Trump and and that's basically you know your easiest ticket to uh, to, uh, to fame and fortune now is if you're a conservative and you're willing to bash Trump, they'll put you on CNN and MSNBC and the network news shows all you want, no matter how really um, repulsive the things you've said in the past are. And uh, they even had Joe Walsh over on uh, this uh, Morning Joe's uh, program. What's it called? Uh Yeah. Morning, Joe, with uh, Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. And uh, and the first thing Joe Walsh did was he went groveling to the left. And then, of course, he he did what he's there for, and that is to start bashing Donald Trump.
5: I felt like we were at the tip of the spear when we went to Washington. It was a fight for this country, and we let I let that fight get personal and ugly sometimes and I've just got to own that stuff. apologize for that stuff mika and, and to compare it to Trump again, correct me if I'm wrong. this man's never apologized for anything so here I am.
0: well, <laughs> the president also hasn't gone around using the n word and uh and just engaged in the most outrageous statements. The left may portray the president as outrageous, but uh, he really isn't. He's he's just plain spoken. Whereas Joe Walsh has, for the last four years at least, specialized in in trying to <clears throat> get attention for his radio talk show host by, um, by really uh, saying the most offensive things.
5: I'm in front of you this morning. Yes, raising my hands, I helped put Trump in the White House. I'm ashamed of that. I feel terrible about that. I'm going to try to redeem myself about that. But most importantly, the country can't let this guy get elected. are be-
0: most importantly, I plan on getting a lot of exposure during this primary campaign as uh, as, you know, the most outrageous candidate that claims to be challenging Donald Trump. He doesn't stand a snowball's chance in hell. It's a joke of a candidacy, but he will be a regular guest over there at CNN and MSNBC. Oh, Bill Weld, the former governor of Massachusetts, sort of a, a far-left liberal Republican, he's also challenging, but he's he's just way, way too white bread. He's not going to satisfy... The bloodlust that they've got on the left-wing news shows. we got to run out to a break. Stick with us, and we'll talk about the latest developments over at the New York Times right after these messages on Right Now.
2: As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest.
0: And you're back on right now with Jim Dawes. Your Daily Journal of News, Politics, and Culture From an America first perspective, right here on the Mojo 5O radio network. Man, oh, man, you know, the New York Times sure can dish it out, but they can't take it just even a little bit. And a story broke on Monday morning, uh, authored by Jeremy Peters over there at the New York Times, where they're complaining about the fact that uh, conservatives and Trump supporters are calling out um, journalists for their hypocrisy and pointing out their social media history of making racist and anti-Semitic remarks and just really uh, being beyond the pale. And the latest uh, incident of this was when one of their reporters, his name is Tom Wright, pure Santis um, was exposed for having made some really vile racist and anti-Semitic statements uh, about 10 years ago on Twitter. And the New York Times uh, responded in this article, this 3,000-word screed that they put together accusing um, Trump supporters of being unfair to them, of being unfair to Mr., um, Mr. Wright Persante's for pointing this out, but they haven't, uh, while they acknowledge that these, uh, these tweets that he put together were anti-Semitic and racist, and I'm not going to read them here because they are quite vile. They have yet to announce what, if anything, they're going to do to discipline this guy, that he ought to be fired. And a lot of, uh, a lot of people, uh, on the conservative end of the political spectrum are calling for him to be fired but uh the new york times is apparently just going to keep their head down and hope it blows over so um the the publisher of the new york times ag schultzberger the uh, the guy that inherited it uh he actually responded in a quote in this article by saying uh, that the Times will not be intimidated or silenced by the allies of Trump who expose embarrassing past comments that staffers at the newspaper made. Salzbergers goes on, he says, They're seeking to harass and embarrass anyone affiliated with leading news organizations that are asking tough questions and bringing uncomfortable truths to light. The goal of this campaign is clearly to intimidate journalists from doing their job which includes serving as a check on power and exposing wrongdoing when it occurs. The Times will not be intimidated or silenced. Well, you know, if there was an ounce of truth to any of that, it might be an argument, but it's not an argument. The New York Times has for the longest time used their platform as political propaganda and uh, been totally irresponsible in attacking people personally. And what this uh, this so-called group of Trump supporters is doing is finally, at long last, giving the media a little taste of their own medicine. They don't like it even a little bit. And um, and this is you got to keep in mind: this is not the first time this right person that the New York Times was caught hiring uh, a a racist. Recall. I guess it's been about six or eight months ago now that they put this woman, Sarah Giong on their editorial board. And it quickly came to light that Sarah Giong had a long history on social media of making anti-white racist statements saying that white people are weak and inferior and need to live underground. And she took great joy when she saw old white people in pain, a long list of over years and years of anti-white hatred by Sarah Jeong, they did much the same then that they're doing now with this uh, this latest expose. They kept their head down, ignored it all, and just uh, and and rocked on. So it's it's rich now to see the New York Times claiming that there's an unprecedented campaign. And then it's designed to harass and embarrass anyone affiliated with these leading news organizations. He likes to call them. And basically his argument comes down to this. We're the journalists and we're the ones that get to call other people out and calling us out is illegitimate. Well, ha. If you're going to, uh, be the arbiter of what is and is not acceptable then you have to live up to those standards. This group is supposed to be associated with um, Donald Trump Jr. And if it is, I say outstanding, more power to you. And uh, one of the things that uh, was clear from this 3,000-word screed was that the New York Times is trying to circle the wagons of the left-wing media They refer to leading news organizations, obviously intending to exclude Fox News because Fox News has, for the longest time, been the target of just these sort of attacks. And these people at the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN, and CNN has their own problems, they had a photo editor Um, That was exposed and he actually had to resign because he had, uh, he'd called Jewish people pigs and celebrated their murder by terrorists. I I guess it's uh, those those tweets were about six or seven years old when they, they came to light. That, uh, that guy's name was El Samani, El Samani. And um, and I've got this clip here. This is Jeremy Peters. This is the guy that wrote the article basically saying that journalists, uh, journalists, journalists are immune to the, from this sort of criticism and, uh, and, and turning the mirror back on them is illegitimate.
3: And what they've done is they've tried to pull embarrassing things, find unflattering things in the social media histories of these journalists. And I'm talking about journalists at the nation's top news organizations like The New York Times, Washington Post, CNN.
0: I love the fact in this clip that he associates The New York Times and The Washington Post with CNN because it's quite clear to anybody that's watched watched CNN for any length of time to know that they're no longer a news organization. They're obviously a propaganda outlet who spend hour after hour, you know, attacking this president and everything he stands for and all of his supporters. They're not a leading news organization, no more than the New York Times or the Washington Post are any longer. They have become pure propaganda outlets, and if they want to play that game, this uh, attack dog style of journalism in a pursuit of a political agenda, they ought not to be surprised When those people that they're attacking turn around and and uh fight back
3: these journalists and i'm talking about journalists at the nation's top news organizations like the new york times washington post cnn entities which have already been targeted by these conservative allies of the presidents and what they do uh is they publicize unflattering things that they found in these social media histories when they want to retaliate against a an outlet for publishing a story that is unflattering to the president. So what you have here really is, is something very different from what basic journalism is. And, and a lot of uh, allies of the presidents will say, well, this is no different from what news outlets do every day when they investigate the president, when they investigate members of his cabinet, members of, ad- of his administration. But the fundamental difference here is that what news organizations like us do is not to cast an indiscriminate net and scrape up everything that we can about people and then dep- deploy it in a retaliatory fashion. Uh, What we do is we look at individual targets relevant and publish those stories
0: when they are ready to be published. When they are ready to be published, he's absolutely right. They do target people um, in the Trump administration, and they target anybody that's associated with supporting Donald Trump. They they, uh, scour the landscape looking for any sort of dirt that they can – use against Trump supporters or the president himself. And so now the president's supporters are given a a taste of their own medicine and they don't like it a little bit. They don the mantle of journalists. We're journalists. Let me tell you something. They stopped being journalists at the New York times long ago. And, and journalism really as uh, it was known at the New York times, this long form Uh, sort of coverage has been thoroughly discredited by the New York Times and the Washington Post when they both received um, Pulitzer Prizes for their Russiagate coverage when the coverage was obviously on its face uh, fantastic and untrue. Nobody could have believed that Donald Trump Was in cahoots with the Russians when his campaign didn't even know how to get in touch with them after the election, but they published that and they published it for one reason because they wanted to do damage to Donald Trump and they've been doing this, this very sort of thing, attacking, uh, reporters to Fox news for well over a decade. The New York Times and the Washington Post or CNN or MSNBC never came to Fox News' defense. That was just part of the territory as far as they were concerned. If you're a, um, a reporter or a commentator on the right side of the political spectrum, well, they'll stick media matters on you and you'll, you just get what you deserve. And now I'll watch them squeal like stuck pigs and try to hide behind the First Amendment. We're journalists. You can't do that to us. Listen, they're not journalists. They're propagandists. They're PR hacks. They're flax. And, uh, and, you know, if this is going to be a culture war, then guess what? Uh, You better prepare that if you're going to attack somebody, they're going to fight back. Peters appeared this morning on uh, Morning Joe. Answering questions from that, uh, lunatic Scarborough and Scarborough actually asked him, you know, what's the difference between this and what y'all have been doing to Fox news?
3: So, Jeremy, how is this different from, say, what Media Matters has been doing for quite some time? Or it's a good point, Joe. It's it's not really all that much different. In fact, the people we spoke to, as we interviewed them for this story, uh, kind of uncovering the, the, the depth of this here, told us that their template was Media Matters, and their template was you know kind of this this, this exhaustive, uh, basically what's called opposition research that people do all the time. Uh, the, the difference, though, is that it's being deployed against very low-level people in a lot of cases. I mean, it's hurt. It's low-level journalists at places like CNN, a photo editor who had nothing to do
0: with CNN's coverage of Donald Trump. for A photo editor, he calls him And, and um, in the 3,000-page article I referenced, they call out this guy, <clears throat> El over there at CNN and just call him a low-level uh, photo editor that was somehow mistreated. They don't happened to mention that the tweet uh, that ultimately got el fired said Israel is the main enemy for the people of Egypt and shall remain rulers who lick Jewish legs and he uh, he tweeted more than four Jewish pigs killed in Jerusalem today by the Palestinian bomb explode and then in this 3,000-word article, they uh, they try to soft-pedal settle, uh, soft pedal this by saying that they'll see me, they actually got a quote from him, that he he didn't speak English that well and really didn't know the impact of his words. They, of course, didn't print the actual quotation that got him fired because they're seeking, like I said, to try to circle the wagons of all the left-wing media and defend themselves from the scrutiny that they love to put back on everybody else. And, and I just love it that CNN has gone full hog on this and gotten right in bed with CNN because really there is no substantive difference between the type of coverage that you see over there at CNN, one-sided, dishonest, agenda-driven, and what you see in the pages of the New York Times anymore. And the latest example of this is that while the president is over in Europe at the G7 meeting, handling very important issues of trade and and world peace, the news media and, by the way, all the Democrat presidential candidates are attacking him nonstop, just saying some of the most vile, and vicious things that they can possibly think of to say. Where is this clip? Um, this is Brett Stevens. Now, this guy is a so-called journalist over the New York Times who says this while the president is overseas meeting with world leaders.
3: saw so over the last few days is a president who is either mentally unwell or morally unfit. Maybe both. I don't hmm. know.
0: Mentally well, or morally unfit—maybe both. So the New York Times, again, they can dish it out, but they can't take it. And uh, and I wish this new effort all the luck in the world. I'll certainly support it. Brian Settler, this is the guy over at CNN, supposed to be their their media analyst. Look into the the ethics and the propriety of the type of media coverage that takes place at CNN and on other uh, outlets, he, uh, while the president again was overseas meeting with world leaders, went on CNN's air, which is broadcast worldwide, and said this.
3: When you watch a broadcast nightly newscast, how often do you hear about just how far off the road Trump is? Not often enough. Every yes, night. They, don't, they, they do note the daily madness, but they rarely connect the dots between the freakouts. Now, I do think CNN and MSNBC are better about putting the ugly reality right front and center in banners and in stories, but there's not really a vocabulary for this. There's not really a format for covering it. Is
0: this guy serious? How often do people point out just how crazy Trump is? Like each and every night, all night long and in the daytime programming as well. It's nonstop. And really, what they've done is drive themselves literally crazy. That same Brian Stetler, who, by the way, has yet to address the issue that after claiming that Sarah Sanders uh, was unfit to work over there at Fox News, CNN turned around just an hour later and hired a uh, a probable felon in Andrew McCabe for lying to Congress and leaking classified information. But this same Brian Stetler had this, uh, this Dr. Francis supposed to be an eminent psychologist for an interview trying to get to the bottom of just how crazy is Donald Trump when the guest said this.
4: Trump is as destructive a person in this century as Hitler, Stalin, and Mao were in the last century. He may be responsible for many more million deaths than they were.
0: Hitler, Stalin, and Mao. Not Hitler, Stalin, or Mao. So that's, uh, that's upwards of 100 million deaths attributable to those three tyrants. And they love to throw this around. And Brian Stetler, the question that prompted all this was, uh, you know, uh, do you think the president is mentally ill? And this psychologist, his name is Dr. Francis again. He went on and said, oh, no, uh, that gives mentally ill people a bad name.
4: Well, I think that medicalizing politics has three very dire consequences. Hmm. The the first is that it stigmatizes the mentally ill. I've known thousands of patients, almost all of them, have been well-behaved, well-mannered, good people. Trump is none of these. Lumping the mentally ill with Trump is a terrible insult to the mentally ill, and they have enough problems and stigma as it is.
0: So, (laughs) So in the same program where Brian Stetler bemoaned the fact that uh, the the media uh, don't spend enough time talking about how crazy Trump is. He has a guest on that says, uh, oh, no, it's it's not a mental illness. That gives mentally ill people a bad name. This president is worse than the three most uh, deadly tyrants in modern history, Mao, Stalin, and Hitler.
4: The second issue is that calling Trump crazy hides the fact that we're crazy for having elected him and even crazier for allowing his crazy policies to persist.
0: So we don't want to stigmatize people that are mentally ill, but hey, you people that voted for Donald Trump, you're crazy.
4: Trump is as destructive a person in this century as Hitler, Stalin, and Mao were in the last century. He may be responsible for many more million deaths than they were. He needs to be contained, but he needs to be contained by attacking his policies, not his person. It's crazy for us
0: to be... Sounds like the doctor is recommending that he be put in a straitjacket and thrown in an institution.
4: Destroying the climate our children will live in. It's crazy to be giving tax cuts to the rich that will add trillions of dollars to the debt our children will have to pay. It's crazy to be destroying our democracy by claiming that the press and the courts are the enemy of the people. We have to face...
0: You know who's crazy? Crazy. Dr. Francis, that's who's crazy. As in the case with a lot of these psychologists and, and psychiatrists, there a lot of uh, a, a little uh, spoken about. Open secret is that a lot of these people in the mental health field go into that field because they're suffering from illness, mental illness themselves. And I think Dr. Francis certainly fits in with that, Bill. But. <laughs> you know, it's just amazing uh, that that these 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 outlets claim Trump is worse than Mao, worse than Stalin, worse than Hitler. Do, do they do they not appreciate how irresponsible that is, and how likely that is to result in in some unstable person taking them seriously? I mean. If you really thought that Donald Trump were a mass murderer on par with those three tyrants, what would your logical response be? They're trying to incite another situation like, um, like James T. Hodgkinson, the Bernie bro that attacked that congressional uh, baseball game with an with a, uh, AK-47. Or an AR- I think it was an AK forty seven. Oh man. But you know, Brian Stetler, <clears throat> if he 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 later came out and sent out a tweet. He said, Well, you know, I should have said something at the time, and uh I would have, except for somebody was talking in my ear and I really didn't hear it. I don't believe that for a second. It wasn't just the uh the bit of the uh a quote where he compared the president to Trump, Mao, and Hitler, he started off saying crazy stuff, saying that uh, the president of the United States gives mentally ill people a bad name. This was all right in keeping with Brian Stetler's uh, whole premise of the segment That was um, that was Trump is mentally ill. Trump's crazy. And we need to talk more about how crazy he is. The only way they could do that is actually have more than twenty-four hours in a day. So I mean, get back to the original point: the New York Times calling out the fact that um, you know Trump supporters are finally starting to fight fire with fire by looking into the backgrounds and the statements that these so-called journalists have made. Uh, it it uh, I think at this point. <laughs> It's just uh, open warfare, and there have been a lot of casualties from this war that the New York Times and the uh, the fake news media have been waging on conservatives, and it's long since past time that we uh, we fought back. This New York Times, Sarah Jean, she is a real piece of work, sits on their editorial board just walked away from all of uh, those racist public media postings. And a lot of that, you know, people just accepted because, oh, she was just talking about white people. White people are fair game. White pe- you can't be racist against white people. But now this latest editor, so-called editor, he was actually talking about uh, his hatred for Jewish people. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the Times, who has a, uh, a history and a very recent history of being anti-Semitic, responds. So the president's over in France attending this G7. And, uh, and one of the tactics that the left has used is they've highlighted these fires in the Amazon rainforest. And they're pretending that these fires are unprecedented, that this is a a level of fire activity in the Amazon that is uh, unprecedented. Well, just a little bit of research, and you'll find out that actually there's 15% fewer acres burning this year than there were last year at this time, and that a major portion Of what is on fire is not old-growth rainforest, but, in fact, uh, land that has already been put into use for agriculture. And they're trying to uh, excoriate the president for skipping out on one of these climate change conferences that they have over there. They wanted to sit the president in the middle of the table so that they could all insult him. He skipped out on it. As he should. I believe climate man made climate change is a hoax. I believe the president does as well. He's not allowed to say so outright because. The uh, the (laughs) the opinion makers would absolutely melt down. But uh, over there at CNN, they asked their reporter, their intrepid reporter on the scene about this, And, of course, their intrepid reporter on the scene, the guy that they use to dog the president everywhere he goes, is a dishonest Jim Acosta. And here's what he had to say.
3: There's another question, at least one other, um, about the climate sessions. So all the world leaders were getting together to address right. all of the climate crisis. Well, happened. the Amazon is rural. burning. The Amazon is burning.
0: The um, Amazon is burning. Right.
3: Picture, Jim, of an empty seat. And um, that's where President Trump was supposed to be seated. So do you have some reporting on what happened here? Yeah.
0: I, I mean, honestly, that empty seat, I think, symbolizes where the United States has, has been on the issue of climate change. So, first of all, that is not reporting. The uh, the, the young lady whose name, uh, Camerata is her name, asked... Is there any reporting on where the president was? And Jim Acosta's response was not reporting. It was commentary. And Jim Acosta has long since abandoned any pretense of being a reporter. He is, in fact, an agitator under the guise of a journalist for left-wing causes. Man, we're out of time already in this show. We're going to have to pick this up again tomorrow. Because um, what's going on in the Amazon is nothing out of the ordinary, and they're just using this to highlight that the president walked away from the disastrous Paris Climate Accord. Well, that's about all for this uh, edition of right now. I hope you'll uh, join us again tomorrow, right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network.
2: Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you're moving in together for the first time.
0: This can be your closet.
2: Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva paper towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet. In your new home, for an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva towels. Visit vivatels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home.